one of our things is like trying to like get people like pumped up or whatever to like go back out and serve and i feel very like pumped up welcome to the barracks podcast welcome to the barracks podcast welcome to the barracks podcast featuring amanda keen and kirsten kosian the views comments statements and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. As kids, we believe that the angels talked. Everything is magic till you think it's not. It's easy to be thankful for the things you've got. Takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost. episode eight which we are recording before episode seven but we're it's coming out after episode seven so yeah we're episode eight we're on the ball we're really trying to be ahead of the game our so editor hard. zane is oh man shout he, out to zane he's like he's like he is to, he's trying to he's a real mvp because we give him these recordings and he just edits them and it's <laughs> for example we just started <laughs> this podcast like one second ago, based on that one, now we're at probably like 20 seconds ago, we started the podcast and then we had to redo it because we were just... Because it was just so good. We were too extra. The so chil- this the is children the love root beer, <laughs> by the way. Okay. Yeah. That's- so we are super... The reason why we're both in a really good mood right now is because we, we, are- just, off, we just got off the phone with Major Carlisle Gargas, who was just such an encouragement. I am so excited for our listeners to listen to this seriously but let's tell them what this series is we're we're on episode eight but this is part one of a multi-part series called drum roll please that sounded like a knock zane insert drum roll here (laughs) he has not yet done that like insert clapping here (laughs) it just is literally our voice it's just a same insert okay i'm gonna do a drum roll on the table here we go and then kiri's gonna say it here we go i'm gonna put the i'm putting the mic down here we go oh man that's just that's just really wait okay but you gotta stop the drum roll it now I'm embarrassed. That was too. Are you kidding? I don't. I don't want people to be let down by the. But let me tell you guys. Okay, that was a great drum roll. Um, this this is a series titled "Digging New Trenches." Now, that could sound like a really painful activity, <laughs> and maybe it will be. It, I guess it depends on where you're at. 
But... So, it, you know, it takes hard work to dig a new trench. It does. Hard work. And it could be scary. Perseverance. Because maybe sweat, you're getting shot at while you're digging the trench. But it means we're taking ground mm-hmm. and maybe we're, we're setting the front line is moving. It's expanding. So we're following yeah. the front line. We're yeah. trying to keep up with God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God keeps moving that front line and we need to keep up. Mm-hmm. And part of that is digging a new trench. Yeah. So, so are you going to describe a little bit about what our series will look like? Like what kind of interviews we're doing? Well, so far, since we've only done one, if I just base it off of that, it's going to be great. (laughs) It's super exciting. (laughs) But really, um, we are trying to get a picture of like the other army and, or the, I, I think I would call it like the hidden army. And I think that's biblical because um, the kingdom of God, you have to kind of look for it sometimes. So I feel like there are times where if we get really wrapped up just in the surface of what the army is, we miss everything. Yeah. <laughs> like all the good God stuff. Yes. Um, if we get wrapped up in the surface and the, the image Um, So I kind of think of it this way, like that there's really two armies and there's the army that is like building the army. And then there's the army that is trusting God and looking to God for guidance. And I, I mean, I think personally, the reason why this, I haven't said that stuff before is like, cause I maybe just never understood that yeah like i i thought the army was like a hundred percent with jesus mm. but it it seems like the more i'm around it see um i get it confronts me that there are ways where we as um if we focus in on like that organization side of things we can really miss god's leading and you know we we do it in our own strength and we're not right necessarily paying attention but anyway so I mean, I want to pay attention to the spirit, and I think that's Amanda's absolutely plan. That is my plan. And I think if you're listening to this, you that's your plan too. Yeah. Um, we are all in this together. We're try. Was that you? No, it was your dog coughing. I think. Okay, I was like, who coughed? <laughs> <laughs> Who's in this room? You would have heard me? it in what? your mic a little bit. Who was that? <laughs> Oh, my God. It's Annie. It's Annie. She's here. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. You know, just lighten it up a little bit. Get, Can I it, it, yeah, speak well, to what, what you were saying? Say? <laughs> we were a little distracted, which is the point of what we're That's saying. Just normal. Um, but <sighs> this is not, and then this is, what Kiri said is not coming from a place of, like, negativity and, like, bashing the army in any way. Um no, I'm and just, I'm, it's like more like a confession. Than it is, like, right. And that's what I'm saying is like I find myself in that place a lot of time. I get so wrapped up in my own mind and my frustrations and this isn't going my way and all of that stuff that I just lose sight of what God is doing. And I, uh, I this series is for all of us really, right? But it's in my mind, this is for the people who are, feeling a little bit discouraged, the people who have been praying for renewed passion, 
um, the visionaries, the dreamers um, of the Salvation Army who this are like, this one goes out to you. This one goes out to you. Like, this is for you. This is for us. Um, because God is doing really incredible things. And the Salvation Army, some people in the Salvation Army can be a little hard to work with or um, we can be frustrated at times. And then, but I mean, that's all people, right? But there are some really amazing, am I right? Am I right? There <laughs> I mean, are some I'm hard really, to work with. <laughs> that is so true as you continue <laughs> to interrupt me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, but you're, like you're demonstrating good boundaries by telling me. I, okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> oh my gosh, it, it, it's a miracle we've made it to how many episodes? Eight. Um, look, I just got a friend request from Charlotte Gargas, who's uh, her husband is We're so our guest. But anyway, so getting back to that, it's like this podcast is for you, and this series. I hope that you feel renewed and spurred on to action and perseverance. And my prayer is that as you listen to this series, that the Lord just continues to bring those dreams and those visions. And he makes a way for those things to happen because as you'll hear from our interview from uh, Major Carlisle, Jesus is in the business of making a way, like when it doesn't seem like there's a way, right? But he does it. And so be encouraged our friends, this is going to be a great series. And, um, we want to hear your feedback. Like, I think that's, that's the thing for me. I know that you guys are listening, but like, talk to us, like share with us what, um, the Lord is laying on your heart. Um, and I want to, before we, um, go into this interview, uh, I'd love to engage our listeners to answer a question and on Ooh. social media, um, post like a picture of you listening if you love selfies or you know a screenshot of the podcast or whatever you want to do um or just a simple post uh use the hashtag the barracks podcast how do you spell the barracks um it's with two r's and a cks two r's and cks <laughs> not an x yeah um, guys just in on. case you were thinking that we aren't gonna see it <laughs> we will not see that um, but use that hashtag, the barracks podcast to answer this question. What vision or dream has God placed on your heart for the Salvation Army in your context? Ooh. It's a good one, right? Ooh. Yeah. So use, uh, answer that question using that hashtag. Um, Kira, you have anything to say before we get to this interview? We're super, super stoked. Stoked. So let's go to our interview. So this, again, is Major Carlisle Gargas, and he is at the ARC in Jacksonville, Florida, which he tells you, but... Home of... Just so you know. Home of um, Jason from The Good Place. That's hilarious. Let's not go too deep into that. And here we go. Interview I, commence. Um, if you could just kind of introduce yourselves or introduce yourself um, as far as like, what's your name, where do you live and serve currently? Okay. Uh, my name is Carlisle Gargis. I'm a major uh, in the Salvation Army and I serve as the administrator of the ARC in Jacksonville, Florida, along with my wife, Charlotte. And we've been officers for maybe 20 years in June. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. I have like and we huge have a, respect for majors. We also have a, 
we also have a, a, a daughter and son-in-law, and they are officers. They're lieutenants in San Antonio uh, Citadel and in San Antonio, Texas, and they have just recently given us the wonderful gift of our first grandson, Ooh. Oliver. Oh, <laughs> so, so sweet. That's yeah, amazing. So we're, uh, they're, they're a long ways from me, but, you know, thank goodness for, uh, you know, FaceTime and Skype and all that. So, because we have a have our Oliver visit, so, uh, nice. with him. So it makes it nice. But, uh, if you guys, are you going to just ask me questions or you just want to point me in a direction and have me start talking? Sure. I, I don't want to just talk. I don't want to talk the whole time, but I can. <laughs> uh, you just kind of just tell me the direction you want me to go. Well, if you could, um, so the, this thing is called First Fruits that we were going to ask about. Yeah. yeah. And so if you could tell us like what that is, where it came from. Well, I, the, the story was is that we were in we were in Fort Smith, Arkansas. We were corps officers there for four and a half wonderful years, and we had a, a shelter ministry there. And our corps was fairly involved with our shelter, especially our shelter families. And we just happened to have a lot of of, of, of young children, uh, single parents that were staying in our shelter, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really tough trying to. Uh, find a good night for youth programs and how to interact with our core folks to interact with our shelter uh, families. And so uh, our YPSM at the time, who's now uh, uh, Lieutenant Terry Smith, um, she, we got together, literally just went in my office and we just kind of laid it out on the, on the table there, my wife, Terry and I, and laid it before the Lord. And we said, Lord, here's what we have. What what do you want this to, how do you want this to happen? What's it going to look like? At this time, we had no idea about first fruits or gardening or anything. It was just like a blank slate. And we just went together in prayer. And literally, we experienced God build that whole program just just layer after layer uh, right there in my office. It took about an hour and a half. And we walked out of that office with first fruits. And so wow. first fruits happened. Um, happens every Sunday um, after church. We would have church, then we have lunch, then we would have our, our first fruits ministry, and that worked out really well because that's when we had everybody there together, um, and it was just the perfect time. And that's when we had core folks there. We had our shelter families, and so uh, we we the first idea was is that we could plant some above you know, above ground garden beds to raise vegetables because we had. We had grandparents um, and older other folks that had a lot of experience uh, in doing stuff like that. I, I had none, and um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I had I had the place and the space, and so we literally began to uh, get with people in our in our core that knew about gardening and uh, built our flower beds. I mean, excuse me, our garden or raised garden beds. We started off with four. And we expanded that into eight in our second year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we would we just uh, you know we we did the dirt dirt work and everything. And so after church, I mean we'd have little ones out there, two and three years old. We would have grandparents, single parents, and everybody was working together, um, getting getting dirty, mm-hmm. and um, and fixing the, the the vegetable gardens, and so getting the soil ready and all that ready for planting. So um, we were getting ready to put our first, about this time, matter of fact, uh, getting ready to, uh, March, getting ready to put our first seeds in and, and getting it, uh, our first um, first plants in. And somebody said, you know, you really ought to have a beehive because it can like double your, um, 
double your production of your, of your gardens. And I said, I, I don't, I don't know anything about bees either. And um, so, uh, being resourceful uh, with my uniform, I found a beekeeper club, and I found out the night they met. And wow. uh, I went went there, walked in the bee, bee beekeeping club, and uh, introduced myself. And I said, I'm Captain Gargas from the Salvation Army. And we're, we've got this garden, and somebody said that bees would be great. I said, I know absolutely <laughs> zero about beekeeping. I said, is, can anybody in here help me? <laughs> and and they all just, like, jumped on me. I, well, not literally, but <laughs> mopped with, 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 with all these ideas. And it literally just took us under their wing. And they helped us getting getting our first beehive. They helped us getting all the equipment, teaching us. They sent guys over to help us. They literally, literally took us by the hand and showed us every step of the way uh, oh, wow. for, for putting the, putting beehives together. But the first step, I got to tell you, after we got our hive, the hive body where they live, their house, um, we had to get bees. And so in the springtime, they will what they'll build they'll, uh, Bees, beehives will actually split, and they'll call what they call a swarm. And so uh, they they said, we will call you when we get a swarm, and you can come get them. And I said, okay, just give me the call. And one evening, late in the, well, late afternoon, they said, we've got a swarm, and it's at this address. And so they had found this swarm of bees. And so me and, uh, let's see, um, I think, uh, Lieutenant uh, Bradley Hargis with H, not Gargis, was uh, was uh, uh, working with us getting ready to go to training. So mm-hmm. he and I and Charles Smith hopped in the 50 passenger van, drove across town to see these guys in this field that had this uh, <laughs> swarm. It's wild, and it's oh, getting wow. dark, and and so apparently they had them in a box, and so we put um, they had a box up on a ladder, and they were shaking this these bees into this box. And I didn't have any suit or anything on this beast flying all around us. It's dark, and we're just like praying, like, dear God, help us to survive this, because we were bees were everywhere. It was dark, you could see. So we got all the bees in the box, and then we got the box in a, in a bag, and then we put it in the back of the van, and they gave us some, uh, some beekeeping suits. So we finally got the, finally got the bee suits on while we're in the van. And now we're driving across town, and we got three guys with these bee suits on. There's no bees <laughs> flying in the van yet, but we know any moment now it's going to happen. Oh, God. And so we're, we're at the stoplight, and these folks look at us. I mean, we look like we were <laughs> from another world. And uh, we finally got to the core building and backed, backed up the van to their to the beehive that we had ready for their new home. And we got out and we popped open the top and we shook the bees in there. looks like we were told to. We had all of our protective gear on, got them in the hive, and we were done. We got away that night without anybody getting stung. Awesome. It was just a miracle. God. <laughs> that really is. Wow. So, so we had our first bees uh, there, and um, it was just um, so much fun. We actually put the hive outside of, of a little uh, classroom we had. They had a door that opened up into this little garden area that had not been used. And so we made that door where you couldn't open unless you had somebody with you that knew about bees because uh, <laughs> they could really mess your day up. 
And uh, <laughs> right. wait, did did has anybody gotten stung? I mean, I'm sorry if this is a bad direction. Uh, no, you know, <laughs> well, no. There in uh, not until we were getting ready to leave, we were having a we were having a um, one of those little uh, an outdoor uh, like a block party, and uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of watermelon, and the bees found us. Um, well. And we learned our lesson. We learned our lesson to not do watermelon stuff like that close to the bees. But anyway, we had one person get stung, but it was okay. Uh, okay. It was just, but that, that's the only one. So it, it worked out pretty good. Uh, but anyhow, we had we had our bees there. We actually come to the window in this classroom, and you could really see up close, you know, flying in and out, and how they would bring in the pollen and bring in the nectar and hmm. and um, it was just fun watching and, and learning about bees. And so this this kind of continued on uh, as we got another hive. So we've got two going now. And uh, each one of them had about 30,000 bees apiece in them. And only one sting. I didn't sting. count them. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to, harp, I'm sorry to harp on about that. <laughs> <laughs> only one that sting out of 60,000 bees? Yeah. Wow. And, um, uh, so... You know, I, I, I didn't count them, but that's what they told me. So I believe the experts that there's 30,000 <laughs> bees per hive. So anyhow, wow. we had, it was now time for our first uh, harvest of our honey because they had really built up a lot of honeycomb. And it was just, um, just capped honey, which means they had capped it off with the wax. And it was just, it was time. And so the hives are really heavy now because honey is like super heavy. Mm. And uh, so we uh, borrowed an extractor. And we got from the, the beekeeping club, and we extracted our first uh, our first honey. And we ordered we ordered bottles mm-hmm. uh, little from these beekeeping suppliers with, with nice little lids. We got the glass ones; they're really classy looking. Mm. Oh yeah. And uh, and then we had our own brand. It was called Sally Bee Honey. Oh, I love we, that. We had we we had this little honey bee <laughs> that was had a smile, of course. On the on the graphic, <laughs> holding a Salvation Army shield. <laughs> I love so, it. So we marketed Sally Bee Honey, and oh. we called it our private reserve, uh, <laughs> and we we really made it nice because <laughs> we were we sold the bottles for like twenty twenty five dollars a bottle. Yeah, uh, it was extremely we had extremely inflated prices. Uh, that was done intentionally. Uh huh. And we sold it. We sold it to our, our advisory board and auxiliary members. And so, I mean, we I literally had people um, that would, we would say, you'd have to get your name on the reserve list to get, you know, get this, this season's honey. So wow. it turned into this huge marketing <laughs> ploy where we were able to extract a lot of honey, but also a lot of money um, out yes. of our board and auxiliary. So it, it, it more than paid for itself. And was we, we were able to buy more, more, uh, beekeeping suits and so by this time we've kind of figured out how to do beekeeping a little bit mm-hmm. and so we would do uh, little little beekeeping tours with uh with uh, uh of course core members uh we would uh, take board members auxiliary we'd suit them up and take them out there and take the top off the hive and do these beehive inspections and Wow. It became the talk of the town in Fort Smith because we really pumped it up on Facebook. We do Facebook Live at that time; it's just coming out. We do Facebook <laughs> Live, uh, it, you know, beehive inspections, and so yes. we had we had we had quite a following. And of course, we shared the gospel in all this. Um, you know, the scripture of first fruits was out of Isaiah thirty-seven. 
37b, and it says, take, take root downward and bear fruit upward. And so, Mm. um, we, uh, we, after we had the beekeeping going, we were raising the vegetables. We also, uh, taught everybody how to can vegetables and then, which was fun. Uh, and then we had some people come in out of our home league and I got a bunch of sewing machines. I had them saving sewing machines in my thrift store. And so we taught a lot of folks, even some young single mothers that were in our shelter, how to sew, um, through first fruits. We would do this, these kinds of things during the winter months when there wasn't much to do outside. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of, we just kind of, you know, I think one year, when one, one Sunday, we taught them how to make homemade soap. Uh, we did that. Uh, just, just a number of things that, uh, that led us to be able to interact with these families and really develop relationships, inviting these folks to become, become a part of the core family. And there's still, there's still families there uh, in Fort Smith today that were part of, of the First Fruits Ministry. And it was just one of those things that welcomed strangers in, you know, I mean, you, you imagine you're in a shelter Mm-hmm. And you don't know anybody, and yeah. and to be able to be welcomed in and develop relationship with people, and these people love you, and they show you the love of the Lord. And I think one of the big things that we try to always share with our core people is that our God is a God that's a lavish God. Yeah, He lavishes great love on us. He lavishes abundance on us. And so, as we have the privilege of interacting with these precious precious souls he brings to us, um, it's our opportunity to allow God to lavish his love on them through us. And so First Fruits was really a lavish, over-the-top ministry all the way around. Lots of love, lots of grace, uh, lots of joy, lots of laughter, and lots of honey, and uh, yeah. a little bit of good food to boot. So. <laughs> wow. Major, that's I... Kind of the, that's a quick story. Yeah, I just... I, you know, I'm sitting here and me and Kiri are just like looking at it. I call, I call Kiri, Kiri, um, Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten. Kiri, sorry. Um, but you know, we're just sitting here at the table kind of like glancing at each other and like mouthing the words like, wow. Like, you know, it's just, it's so refreshing to hear this. Um, and one of the things I just want to point out again, and I know that you are really saying this is this seems like this was a full community effort. Like you had people who are participating who, you know, go to the core, who are part of the shelter. You've got people that don't even really step foot a lot of times in the core, but you've got community groups like the beekeepers. And, you know, this is a full community experience. Um, and right. I love that. Uh, and I, I, I kind of want to ask, like, how did – first fruits impact the community around the core. So you've got people participating in this, but like what was that even broader impact? Well, I do know some folks snuck in and stole our watermelons one night (laughs) to harvest. And that kind of hacked us off. But we figured, you know, we really raised some good watermelons. And so we hope they enjoyed them and that they really were excellent watermelons for them. But uh, (laughs) no, in all seriousness, they didn't steal from us. But it's okay. Uh, We, we, uh, if they're hungry, we're there to take care of you. But the fire station was across the street. We were kind of in that historic district 
in downtown Fort Smith. And so um, there was a lot of traffic. Uh, the neighborhood around us knew what was happening. People would be coming in. Ask, people would ask about the bees all the time. Wow. Everybody wanted to talk about the bees. Um, it was they just fascinated people, and so it, those bees opened up so many doors to relational ministry to us. Hmm. It's just crazy. Uh, we could just talk about how how the the bees who work as community, hmm. uh, how they all had to work together to make it happen, and how there was organization, uh, how there was structure, um, how there was everybody had a place, and every place was important, and yeah. uh, and and so we were able to you know turn that into all kinds of, you know, really real-life application lessons uh, for even the littlest children that would be there to, you know, board members, auxiliary. We ministered to everybody that would listen and that would come in because we could always kind of turn that story. Um, and when it's easy, it wasn't hard to turn the story to Jesus. Um, when we talked about bees, when people would be able to see them, see the produce, taste the sweetness of the honey, yeah. and know that, that God created all of that. And uh, and we would talk about the the, the, the sweetness of God's love uh, for us. Uh, the honey doesn't even get close to the sweetness that God has for you and for each person. And uh, we would look people in the eyes and tell them those things. And I know it sounds crazy, but there'd be tears. <laughs> there'd be tears, and uh, people would feel loved. And so that was the goal of first fruits. And uh, and wow. it was just such a such a God. God thing. He just put it all together. All we had to do is just 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 follow. I mean, he led the way for us because we literally started with a blank slate. We didn't have a clue which which way we're going or any idea. So we thought, well, we start with him first and we'll let God put it together. And he put together a sweet ministry for us, uh, literally. Yes. And and in a more uh, figurative way through the lives of people that were impact, impacted by God's love. Um so kind of go, kind of going with like the idea about going to God first. Um, w- would you give any particular guidance to someone who's trying to listen to God's voice in their life or in their ministry or their where they're at? Well, we kind of um, we took a little bit of a lead from our brothers and sisters and the Quakers. Um, they had these meetings of clarity where they would just come together. Uh, in one accord, and they would just be still. And, you know, in this world today, that is so, oh, it's so hard to be still and quiet mm-hmm. before God. Um, but I think one of the things that worked well for us is that we, could, we would kind of have an open dialogue with God while we were together as a group planning this. I mean, it was like, it was like really having an ongoing prayer meeting and just talking out loud with each other and with God, mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit is present with us. So let's just dialogue here and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide our hearts and our thoughts right in the direction that we'd ha- he would have us to go. Of course, you know, you just, you, you just have to get yourself kind of off in a place and without any distractions and just really open yourself up to be attentive to what God has because his spirit is always speaking. Mm, right. Um, and um, and we have to help our hearts get into a place where 
where they can hear. And you know, a lot of times I just feel the Lord tell me now to say that if there's that there's things that are in your heart that are burdening you, if there's if there's unforgiveness or if there's anger or things, you've got to get that taken care of um, first um, before you can come and just really begin to hear uh, God's tender heart because He has He has so much for us and He loves He loves being. He loves being in community with us. He loves planning with us. He loves watching us just take his ideas and seeing them come to pass. And you can feel the Lord being blessed by that when you're in that kind of environment. I'll have to say it was a special place there in Fort Smith. And I don't think I've ever been in quite a, another environment quite like that. So I would just encourage folks just, you know, there's nothing too big for him. There's nothing too confounding. You know, it may be that you, you can't keep, you can't pay your electric bill at the core. You know, mail pills fell off, kettles was just, you know, it's just, God loves to be in all that. Your thrift stores, sales are down, or you can't get any racks, or you can't, no one's calling for donations. Um, when we just begin to take these things first to God and start there, he will put that plan together. And it, it's like no thing for him. He just needs somebody yeah. to be attentive and want to and want to hear from him. Yeah. So that's kind of how we try to, that's kind of how First Fruits, Fruits started with that meeting of, of clarity. Uh-huh. Um, I guess we, we also kind of have a, from, so within the structure of like the army, um, with, and like First Fruits, like, was that something you guys did officially? Was it kind of unofficial? Um, what, how did, how did you kind of like navigate or like, did you need to navigate the Any system? Like or red tape or, <laughs> you know, cause like when we're, uh, it's a good question because I think oftentimes we find ourselves, you know, the dreamers and visionaries um, in the Salvation Army, you know, like people who are hearing from the Lord, like, get these really fun and cool and sometimes outrageous ideas and oftentimes, you know, become a bit discouraged because there is a lot of, you know, huge obstacles and barriers and loops to jump through and it can become pretty discouraging. So I think, you know, it's a, a good question to ask, like, did you meet any of those obstacles? Did you have to persevere through any of that um, type of thing with first fruits? Well, I was wondering if you were going to ask that, and I've been praying to figure out how I'm going to navigate around this in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, that does require prayer. I was prayer. praying. <laughs> I was praying. Uh, uh, we did it unofficially. Um, okay. You know, we just, I kind of do things like that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it kind of got going on its own. And, you know, nothing succeeds like success. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let that marinate in your brain a little bit because um, it may not all fit like right in the thing of Sayak and Girl Guards and Sunbeams. Right. And, but um, if you see people, if you see young people in this situation, even adults, um, interacting a way and growing in the Lord, um, mm. I'm sure there's a way that we can make that all fit. Right. You know, Um, I had, I did have, um, I did have pushback from 
some folks here uh, uh, locally at, at first because they didn't understand. Sure. And then it was it was funny because at that time, uh, Asbury Seminary contacted us and wanted to do a story on it. They had heard about First Fruits. Hmm. And so we shared the story with them, and they printed it. I think I emailed it to you, a copy of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, we were still having a little pushback. Um, this people didn't understand the divisional level. And then the territory uh, contacted us and wanted to do an interview about First Fruits. Uh, so it, so finally, um, you know, they thought it was a great idea, Asbury did, and finally we were able to get the division to understand what we were doing, uh, and that uh, this is in no way taking away from anything, but it's actually enhancing and expanding the ministry uh, that uh, that God has for us in the Salvation Army. Yeah. And, and you saw the impact in the lives of, 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 the, of, of everybody that was involved. And you, you can't argue against that. Mm-hmm. And you would be foolish to go against it because you see it's a work of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that can really put people in a dangerous place when you start, you know, going against something that God's doing. And right. uh, I, think, I think they were able to see that. They were able to understand that. And so then we were able to get blessing all the way around. But mm-hmm. uh you know, we didn't have hardly anything going before. We couldn't get anybody to, we couldn't get a night. We could get everybody. I mean, it was just like, you know, it's not working. So we got to do right. something because uh, we we have all these people. We've got this facility mm-hmm. and I've got some volunteers. i got core people. So God, we need you to put this together. And yeah. he did. And, uh, and so we took, you know, it took off from there. And so uh, it brought, uh, it brought attention to our core. It brought attention to our division, and uh, uh, and people were able to take other ideas and adapt them to fit their own culture, wherever they were at, to continue to advance the gospel and yeah. uh, share the message of Jesus. You know, yeah. I've always told people, and some didn't understand this. I've always been a kingdom builder, and I'm not necessarily an army builder because I believe God God builds the church. I, he just called me to be faithful with what he has entrusted in my hands. And so yes. um, that's what we try to be faithful to do. And lo and behold, uh, he has built, uh, he has built that, he built that core and he's built our other cores. We've had some other um, ideas that we did that were a little, a little different. Um, and, uh, um, but we're a lot of fun and continue today impacting people's lives. And, you know, Here's the thing. Jesus radically saved me. Hmm. 20, 26 years ago, um, and uh, in a powerful, powerful way. And I, my heart is to lead as many men and women and boys and girls to Jesus as possible yeah. in the time that he's given me. And I will, I will go to, I will exhaust all efforts to do that, uh, whatever I have to do. And so I'm, I'm just so driven about my officer's my covenant to live to win souls and make their salvation the first purpose of my life. Hmm. And so everything else falls up underneath that. So that's, we keep that the first purpose. And as long as we're moving that forward and advancing that, we believe God will take care of the rest. Yes. Well, um, not that, not that I have strong opinions or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we just really appreciate uh, that you have taken the time this evening to share with us and tell us about this. And like, I'm very, um, 
like our so our podcast is we're we're called the barracks and one of our things is like trying to like get people like pumped up or whatever to like go back out and serve and I feel very like pumped up yeah um personally from hearing your story and hearing about um the way like I just feel really encouraged one more can I just one more thing and really quickly if you could we have a lot of listeners who um well all of our listeners are awesome but I think who can sometimes feel discouraged um and which is why we're doing this whole series this digging new trenches um if you could just say like a sentence or two of encouragement for these like dreamers and visionaries in the the Salvation Army, what would that advice be? I tell you, uh, the, we we desperately need you. We need the dreamers. We need the visionaries desperately. Mm-hmm. William and Catherine were visionary dreamers, mm-hmm. and um, out of that, look what has happened. Uh, don't give up on the dream. Keep keep pushing. Don't let up. No matter how how much pushback people will give you because most of the time people are just fearful because it's something new and they can't see the vision or the dream that God's placed in your heart and your mind. I just want to encourage you just stay close to Jesus and just continue pushing that forward and watch what God will do. He will make a way for that to come about because he has given it to each of us. He's given us each of us his heart and he wants that heart expressed through these visions and dreams that he gives us in the communities in which we live. And so I just say, just press on. Don't let up. Don't let up because men and women and boys and girls mm. need to know Jesus desperately in this world. And I just want to encourage everybody just press on and watch God do amazing things. Yes. Thank you so much. It's a perfect way to end our time together. Thank you. So how awesome was that? It was so awesome. Um, let me just tell you, I was sitting here and I started tearing up. I'm not even going to lie. It I was, just felt it so was encouraged. No, I felt so devastatingly ex- awesome. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, I was shook. <laughs> wow, you learned a word. <laughs> Who taught you that? Did Dave Woodoff tell you? Oh, Sam did. I was like, one of the people that we interviewed yeah. taught you. <laughs> yes, well, but. Oh, sorry. Because then after I learned the word shook, I was like reading some other thing and someone said something shooketh them <laughs> shooketh. that's hilarious shooketh. and then i was like oh i know what that means <laughs> <laughs> um but yes we were super encouraged and so a huge thank you to major carlisle and um major charlotte gargas for allowing the lord to just use you um and we were blessed by that. So we hope you were too. We're looking forward to our next episode. And we're not going to tell you. I feel like a little bit secretive about this. Like I I don't want to tell you what's coming next. Because I just want you to be super excited to hear from another person somewhere around the world. Who has been part of Digging New Trenches. So stay tuned. And um, we're super excited to be doing this series and we hope that you are really blessed by it um remember to answer that question using the barracks podcast uh hashtag and i will say it again and hope that i got the wording right because i didn't write this down 
Um, <laughs> but the question was, uh, what visions or dreams has the Lord given you um, to live out in your, your current context? Um, so use that hashtag and we hope to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Thank you all. remember the quote? You oh know. yes yeah. the quote so the, um sorry <laughs> but the the thing one of the things that I, I kept like even though we were recording it I still was like taking notes yes. while the major was talking but one of the things I wrote down was um where he said he is a kingdom builder not an army builder hmm. and I really love that perspective um of keeping things in perspective that yeah. Our goal is not to build an army mm-hmm. except for an army for God, you know, yeah. a kingdom builder. We are building God's kingdom. We're not building the Salvation Army's kingdom. Um, We're not building a name for ourselves. Right. We're that's not, not supposed to. Any of that. Yeah, that's not our goal. That's not what we are um, designed to do. And when we, anyways, woo. it was good. It was, so it's good stuff. So yeah, respond to Amanda's question, our question. Yeah, let us know about your dreams and visions, and um, you know that that's how we're gonna keep going is by encouraging each other and sharing. And um, and I mean, if you don't want to share, that's okay. Some some you know like Mary in the Bible, she mm. always just had it in her heart. Mm. You know what I mean? So it could be that it's not the right time to share, like sure. sometimes. But hey, maybe it's the right time. So we we look forward to hearing from you. So go be kingdom builders. Yeah. Amen. Peace. As kids, we believe that the angels talked. Everything is magic till you think it's not. Easy to be thankful for the things you've got Takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost